welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Bosho. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. Jerry was one of the most positive people, the man writes, I had ever known. He was always in a good mood, like all of you, a bit, young people, positive, amen, about the future. You can say, amen, I'm talking to you, Generation Z and the millennial generation. You are the most optimistic, positive people. I'm no longer going to say some of you are, were entitled. I'm now going to say to you, you are world changers, history makers. I'm going to talk to your future in Jesus' name. So he always had something encouraging to say. He was a manager at the restaurant. If an employee had a bad break, Jerry always helped him to look on the positive side of the situation. Jerry's attitude truly amazed me. So one day I asked him, how can you be so positive all the time? He replied, you see, every morning I tell myself that I have two choices for that day. To be in a good mood or a bad mood. How many of you know that? You can get up in the morning and uh, not be in the best mood, but then get back into bed, adjust your attitude, get out, of bed again and your day will be better. He says, I choose the good one. And when something go, go wrong happens, I can be sad and angry or I can learn from it instead. I choose to learn, thus I choose the positive side of life. I said, it is not that easy. He replied, yes, it is. Life is not always easy. But listen now, life is all about choices. You can choose now. People or situations will affect you. Circumstances will affect your mood and your feelings every day of your life. But you have a choice to be influenced or to be an influencer in the situation. One morning, Jerry left the restaurant back door open and was held up at gunpoint by three armed robbers. He tried to open the safe, but his hands shaked because he was so nervous, slipped off the combination and the robbers accidentally or on purpose shot him. Fortunately, Jerry was quickly found and brought to the nearest hospital. And after many hours of surgery and long intensive care, Jerry was released home. Well, I went to visit him and I asked him what his thoughts were during the robbery. He thought I should never have kept that back door open. I should have locked it. I remembered about my choices when I lay on the floor bleeding out. I have a choice to live and I have a choice to die. I chose to live. I asked if he was scared, and Jerry continued, I like this. And uh, God bless all the doctors, amen. He said, when they he wheeled me into the emergency room, and I looked at the faces of the doctor and saw the fear in their eyes, scared that I was not going to make it, I knew that I needed to do something. So when the nurse asked me if I was allergic to anything, I replied, yes. The doctors and nurses stopped working immediately and waited for my answer. I took a deep breath and I yelled, bullets. They started laughing and asked, and I asked, my choice, listen, is to live. Please operate on me as if I'm going to live and not die. I choose to live. Now, Jerry is alive owing to the skills of the doctors. We understand that. However, his amazing attitude had a huge role to play in the outcome of the situation. I learned from him that every day we have choices to make. God tells us in Deuteronomy chapter 30, I call heaven and earth as a record, as a witness against you this day 
that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. The fact that you are here today, the fact that you are breathing, still listening to my voice, means that God's purpose with your life is not finished. You may be 85, but you still have a mountain to conquer. Anybody over five, uh, 50 can say amen. You still have places to go. You still have things to do. The Bible says in Daniel 11:32, but the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. So when we walk with God, we choose to remain strong. We choose to be courageous. We choose to be upbeat. We choose to look for the silver lining in every dark cloud. We choose to believe that God is in control when things seem to be out of control. Say amen, someone tonight in Jesus' name. So you may be facing a tough battle tonight, but I say to you tonight, you are tougher. <laughs> you may be going through a severe storm, but you are more resilient. You will outlast that storm. You have to make up your mind. You may be knocked down, but you are not knocked out. You have a choice to get back up again. You may be feel, feel like quitting, but tonight I tell you, don't quit. You may feel like sitting under a weeping willow, but tonight I tell you, you make up your mind to rejoice in the Lord. You make up your mind to praise God in the valley of discouragement. You choose life. Come on, somebody tonight in this place in Bloomfield in Johannesburg, give the Lord a praise offering. Make a choice to rejoice. You may be knocked down, but you're not knocked out. You're still here. We've all seen a fight, a tennis game, the initiative changes. We were somewhere that tennis player two sets down decides I'm not losing this game. The initiative changes. That batsman that walks out in the IPL, everybody's bowled out. He walks out with a different attitude, not intimidated by the pitch. Suddenly everybody says, it doesn't look like anything is wrong with the pitch. What's the difference? Attitude. Attitude, a little thing that makes a huge difference in your life. Attitude that will determine your altitude ultimately. In spite of the storms, the trials, the tribulations, the tests that come to all of us, we have a choice to make every day of our lives. To be optimistic, to be pessimistic, to see the giants or to focus on the grapes to see the goodness of God or to see the tragedy of our past. We have to decide. 1 John 4 verse 4, the Bible says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because He who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. You're raising that child by yourself. It feels like the most difficult thing in your life. I tell you, girl, you will raise that child and that child will make you proud in Jesus' name. You are not doing a bad job. You are doing better than you think. You may feel like a failure, but I'll tell you tonight, you're not a failure. You may have fallen, but I'll tell you tonight, you're not a stay downer in Jesus' name. You're a get upper in the name of Jesus. Say amen, I'm preaching to you tonight. I'm gonna preach you up. You're gonna be up and about. You're not gonna sit and feel sorry for yourself. And we all feel sorry for ourselves at times, right? I also sometimes do. But only for a moment because it's never helped Amen In 1 John 5 verse 4 the Bible says whatever is born of God overcomes the world and this is the victory that overcomes the world 
So sometimes we don't know what to do, but we have to decide that God knows what to do. Sometimes we don't know what the future holds, but we have the Word of God that says, I know the thoughts I think towards you, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. We know the one who holds the future, no matter what things seem like. We choose, we're not gonna give up on hope. We're not gonna quit on God. You see, my dear friend, life is a choice. Staying down is a choice. We cannot choose what happens to us, but we can choose our response in every situation. Just like Jerry, I chose to live. I know it feels for some of you like you're going through hell. Don't pitch your tent in that valley. Don't you dare stay in that place of discouragement. Don't you dare stay in that place of hurt and betrayal. You get up today and you decide, I have a future, I have a hope, I will live and I will praise God. I don't care how many times you have fallen, Tonight you make a decision, I'm getting up, I'm dusting myself off, I'm receiving God's grace, God's mercy, and I'm gonna live for the glory of God. Come on, some young person, say amen in Jesus' name. I want you to know tonight, family, God is still in control. God's not finished with you. God's not done with you. Your best days are ahead of you. Whether you like to hear it or not, your best days are ahead of you. You need to make up your mind to believe it. Sometimes we have to pinch ourselves and remind ourselves that we are yet not to be defeated. We are yet to overcome. We are yet to turn our stumbling blocks into stepping stones. It always depends on your attitude. The glass is half empty, half full. You decide. The obstacles are real. Adversity is real. Pain is real. Challenges are real. The giants we face are real. But Joshua and Caleb were not overwhelmed by the giants they faced. The other 10 spies were. They spoke about the giants, it's a good land, but they are giants. That's not Joshua and Caleb. They chose to see the opportunity. They chose to see God is with him. They chose to believe we are well able. Let us go up at once and possess the land. While some people look at the giants and think, he's so big. They looked at the giant and said, thank God he's so big, I can't miss. I'm gonna take his head off like David did Goliath. I'm going to conquer that adversity in Jesus' name. But for you to do that, you have to show up. You have to stand up. You have to dress up. You have to make up, meaning in the Word of God. You have to, every day of your life, decide to live this life to its fullest in the grace of God and for the glory of God. And yes, you can in Jesus' name. So while you have breath, you have hope. While your heart is beating in your chest, you have a future. While you can still hear my voice, you have decisions to make that will profoundly impact on your future. That's why I always tell young people, don't listen to every voice. Don't be listening to the naysayers and the unbelievers. You know, faith is a spirit and faith is contagious, but so is unbelief. If you hang out with a bunch of negative people, a bunch of naysayers, your faith will be polluted. Evil communications corrupt good morals. So you have to choose your relationships carefully. Choose your music carefully. The ear gate, the eye gate. Every day you have a decision to make 
what you allow through your ears into your soul, through your eyes into your soul, through people in your life into your soul, because what happens in your soul will determine the choices and decisions you make. So for some of you, you have to leave Lot behind. Some of you have to break that relationship. Some of you have to stop hanging out with those negative people. Some of you have to stop listening to everybody else who says you cannot. How about a God who says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you? How about a God who says you are more than a conqueror through Christ who loved you? How about a God who says you, the greater one lives on the inside of you? You choose to believe what you will believe in the end of the day. And I know there are those negative, cynical people that say, well, I don't believe these things. Good for you. Because if you believe you can't, you probably can't. If you believe you can, you most assuredly will. Because belief is the ignition switch that gets you off the launching pad. So, storms, adversity, opposition, they are all part of life. Yet we have to decide to walk on the water. We have to decide to keep our eyes on Jesus Christ every day. We have to decide to rejoice, to joy in God again, no matter the adversity, no matter what we face. We were created in God's image. And hear me very carefully and clearly, your, your, your choice, your will is a sovereign gift from God. Not even God will override your decisions, your choices. So you can look at the future and think, I have no future. You're right, friend, because you just chose it. Or you can look at the future and say, things seem impossible, but God, come on. I said, but God said, God said in Jesus' name, it seems like the statistics are bad, but God said, these blessings shall come upon me and overtake me. But God said He daily loads me with benefits in the name of Jesus Christ. You choose what you believe, especially at the beginning of an endeavor. When Jesus said to the disciples, let's cross over to the other side. A great storm, a windstorm rose, a storm arose, arose against them, opposition to their mission. Well, they were never going to seek because they were riding on the Word of God in spite of the storms. And I'll tell you today, if God gave you a promise, it's yes and amen. You have to believe it. No matter the storms of life, you have to keep on walking on the water with Jesus Christ. You have to keep on believing the rhema Word of God because God watches over His Word to perform it in your life. You don't doubt what God said. Jesus never said, let's try to go over to the other side. He said to the disciples, let's go over to the other side. That means He said to them, you're not going under, you're going over. Listen tonight, you're not going under. I don't care what it looks like in your business, you are not going under. I don't care what you are facing, you are not going under. You were designed by God, called by God. You have a promise from God to go over to the other side. Come on, somebody jump to your feet and just shout because it feels good, I'm going over to the other side. So Deuteronomy chapter 30, 11, the Bible says this commandment which I command you today, it's not too mysterious for you. I, I, um, you know, indecision is a bad place to be. The Bible calls it double-mindedness. And clearly James says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. So you have to make decisions, choices about you, about your future, about your children, about 
your career. You cannot just case Sarah, Sarah. Every day you have to make a decision. What you believe. Because your belief activates you or neutralizes you. You believe a positive or a negative. Everybody believes something. You can't believe nothing. There, there's no such thing, it's proven scientifically as impartiality. It's impossible for a human being to be impartial, meaning undecided. Nobody can live undecided. When you undecided, you're unstable, tossed to and fro by every little wave that comes along. That's why you have to make up your mind. As a pastor, you make up your mind, I will reach people. As an evangelist, you make up your mind, I will reach people. As a businessman, you make up your mind, I'm going to build this business. Everybody else can fail, but I'm going to flourish in Jesus' name. In the second famine, I'm not going under. I may fail. I may have some difficulties, but I'm going to keep on keeping on. I'm going to be more resilient than any opposition. That's your choice. That's for you to decide. Anybody can lie down on the inside. And by the way, that's a decision as well. Can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop a bird from pooing from sitting on your head. Amen. Can't always stop a bird from uh, pooing on you. I was went on a bike trip set in little Switzerland um, and Pastor Andre was with us and there was a hardy dog. A hardy dog is a good, uh, it's a big bird, right? It's sitting in that tree and, and the next minute he blessed me. I mean, it was like splat, splat, splat. It wasn't a dove. It was like, I mean, I was covered in hardy dog. Why did God make a hardy dog? I've always wondered about it. Everything is perfect. But a hardy dog is false. Nothing else in, in, in creation is false, but a hardy dog. So I wonder what God's saying to us through the hardy dog, right? For the prophets. Pastor, I dreamt about a hardy dog. What's the Lord saying? It's like nothing. So what did I learn from that experience? When you sit under a tree, look up. <laughs> Come on, just to look up and see who's above you, what's above you. So, uh, so God says, this commandment which I command you today is not too mysterious for you. It knows it far from you. It's not in heaven. You needed a prophet from Nigeria or a prophet from Timbuktu. You have the Word of God. Yeah, you know, somebody call, call you out and say, well, my brother, you know, the word for you. Stop that nonsense. You have God's word. You need a strong mind and you need to build your life upon God's word. Say amen. You don't need to be scammed. Um, okay, moving along. He says, it's not in heaven that you should say, who will ascend into the heaven for us and bring it to us? that we may hear it and do it, nor is it beyond the sea. It's not even in America or Beijing that you should say, <laughs> who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us? Africa? We don't need anybody else to tell us who we are. We don't need anybody else to help us to be blessed. We need to rise up as Africans, black and white, and we have to rebuild Africa and reclaim Africa 
and not stand back for any other nation in the world. Come on, say amen. And I say this, I offend people, but I say it because offense is Jesus, the rock of offense. Uh, stop looking at people that are peach pink white. You classify us as white and say, we're not true Africans. Well, then go put on your same stupid Facebook and say, uh, black people in America are not Americans. Do the same. Don't do this to white people in South Africa. But in America, African-Americans are Americans. Stop your rhetoric. Stop your nonsense. We are all Africans. Thank you very much. And we are here and we will rebuild South Africa and Africa and the continent of Africa. Say amen in Jesus' name. Stop the segregation, especially if you're a Christian. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Bible says God predetermined the boundary of every nation. So I'm here by God's design. And if you have a problem with it, buddy, you get on a plane and you leave. But don't tell me somebody that's from India and has lived here for five generations is not an African. Get over yourself, please. You're now sitting there and say, he just always has to say something that upsets somebody. Yes, because you cannot have a revival without a riot. You cannot have a move of God without upsetting somebody and it just doesn't work. And I mean, and today people can identify with anything. So I can, might as well just shut up now. <laughs> so what do you know? What did I choose this morning? Okay. <laughs> he says, but the word. Everybody say the word. Thy word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. We build our lives upon the Word. We choose life by choosing the Word of God above everybody else's Word. God's Word is exalted above His name. God's Word is magnified. God watches over His Word. So the way you choose life is you choose God's Word above everything else. God's Word must have the final say if you are going to have life. So anything, any conversation, any revelation, any dream, any prophecy, you have to test against the Word of God, at least three scriptures. You can't take the Word of God out of context. You have to take the Word of God. You want to go Old Testament. You have to take Old Testament truth through the, through the cross of Jesus Christ and understand how applicable that Word is in the New Testament because you're living in a new dispensation, which is called grace. You cannot preach Old Testament judgment or you cannot talk about the Old Testament prophet because we're not living in the Old Testament. We're living in the new covenant where God calls us to be led by the Spirit where Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and where we build our lives upon the Word of God. That means you have a relationship. You actually, my brother and sister, are designed by God to have a relationship with God, to hear God, to, to experience God, to encounter God, to get visions from God, to get dreams from God, to have encouragement from God, to be strengthened by God, to be held by God. Come on, that's good news in Jesus' name. That's what Jesus came to do. He came to build a bridge between you and God 
and you are no longer a foreigner, Gentile, a stranger. You are now a son of God, a daughter of God, and you have access into the throne room of grace, into the very presence of God, and you at any time can walk into the presence of God, say, hey God, my name is Hannah or Anna or, 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 or Adam. This is who I am. And you come to God boldly. You come to God as a son. You come to God as a daughter. You don't crawl into the presence of God. You have access. And think about it. You have access into the holy of holies. You have access into the very presence of God. Listen, if that doesn't flick your switch, I don't know what's going to flick your switch. That means you can come. You can sit in a squatter camp, but you have a hotline to heaven. Jeremiah 33, call upon me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things to come. You have have access to the creator of the heavens and the earth. That's why you cannot live as somebody that has no future. You have a God. And now you call Him our Father, not our parent, our Father. Come on, make my day. Everybody say our Father. Say it. Make my day. Shout it on television. Our Father. Father God. That's who He is. We're not going to allow the fools in the world to rewrite the Bible. God is our Father, and we have access to God as our Father through Jesus Christ, through the blood of Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. We're not going to apologize because we're not going to conform to this world. We're not going to bow to the world. We're not going to be dictated to by the Western people that are operating by spirits of deceit. We are Africa. We will be African. We will worship our God in spirit and in truth, and we will walk in liberty and freedom according to the Bible. I said according to the Bible. We will not be deceived. We will not be confused. We will walk and serve God according to the Bible because the Bible, the Bible, the Word of God is a lamp to our feet and a light to our paths. Say Amen. Come on Faith TV, Praise TV, you're still with us. Give the Lord a praise man. Give Him a shout of praise there in your home tonight. He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. May God touch you. May God bless you. May you be reminded today you have a future and a hope and God is for you. God bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. Give them a hand clap. Come on. So he says the word is very near you. We just have to listen. We have to read it. Spend less time on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. 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 And thy life passeth thee by while thee sitteth tiktok a thing. Thy life passeth thee by because all those things cannot change your mind and reconstruct your thinking patterns and rejuvenate your spirit. If some of you would spend 10% in the word of the time you spend on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and all the other social media things, your life will change. Because let me make it very clear. What comes through your eyes, what comes through your ears, the eye gate, the ear gate, the mouth gate, what you talk, affects your heart, affects your soul, affects your disposition, affects, affects your, your mental fortitude, your attitude of fortitude. That's why people today, I stand amazed at people today, the smallest little thing, 
and they crumble. They, they just like, ah! I'm thinking, what? That's like a mosquito. And you think your world has come to an end. Because you've never built up the walls of your mind. And trained your mind. The Bible says here that rules his spirit, which is the place where your soul and your spirit comes together, is more mighty than he that takes a stronghold city. So you want to rule your spirit, man. You want to rule your thoughts, your mind. And that comes through choosing life. That comes through taking the Word of God as the most powerful instrument in your life because it's God-breathed. When you read it, it changes you. It changes your thinking patterns and it challenges you. I read the Bible and very often I would read it and say, I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not, I don't read the Bible sin conscious, but the Word washes you, purifies you. The Word strengthens your conversation. You read the Bible, you say, oh my Word, I'm not talking according to the Word. I'm sorry, Lord. Amen. Because it's an instrument of righteousness. It's what God uses. Thy Word is truth. Sanctify them through Thy Word. Thy word through Thy truth. Thy Word is truth. Now you are clean through the words that I've spoken unto you. Jesus coming back for, for, for a church. And he's, uh, Ephesians 5 says he, he purifies the church through the washing of the water of the Word. So when we talk about sanctification, it is a process of renewing your mind. It's a process of transformation. It's a process. And if you're not committed to the process, you will stagnate. And when you stagnate, you actually regress because your mind becomes weak. Your spirit becomes weak. That's why... Um, you want to be in church when the church opens. You want to be in a home cell. You want to study the Bible. You want to study Bible courses because life is in the Word of God. Question, not to put you on a guilt trip. How much time do you spend in the Word? Don't answer it, just think about it. That shows you how committed you are to your future, not to reaching heaven. Because heaven is settled. Jesus settled that for you if you accept Him. The amount of time you spend in the Word reveals your dedication to your life and your journey of progress. Think about it. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you will meditate in it day and night that you may observe, I gave to, to do to do according to all that is written therein. For then you, you will make your way prosperous and have great success. So, so we get confused. It's like God has to do everything. Listen, God's done everything He's going to do. God's not doing anything now. The Father is in heaven. He answers our prayer. He releases the angels. Jesus is seated at His right hand. God empowered us. He sent the Holy Ghost. He gave us the Word. Our dedication to the Word of God will determine our attitude, our level of spirituality, our level of faith, because faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. You can't pray for faith. You cannot buy faith at pick and pay. Faith comes through the Word of God. You read the Word of God, it builds your faith. You want to overcome adversity? This is the victory. 1 John 5 verse 4 says that overcomes the world, even our faith. So what do people do? They spend time worrying. They spend time watching media. They spend time everything else, but they neglect the Word. And I'll say it to you again, and you better you, you, you hear it. And if you don't want to hear it, 
that's your choice. But I have to say that to you, that He sent His Word and He healed them and He delivered them from their destruction. God's Word holds the key to your entire future. God's Word holds the key to your transformation in your mind. God's key holds the Word holds the key to your spirituality. God's Word holds the key to the level of your faith. You neglect the Word, you are neglecting your own future. And you can pray as much as you want to. But without the Word, your prayer will never have faith. Because faith comes one way. That's time in the Word. And this is what God's saying to the people here. Because the first generation, remember the book of Deuteronomy is, um, actually if you study Deuteronomy, it's an in interesting uh, 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 book where God repeats Himself again and again and again and again and again. Our God doesn't have to repeat Himself. He's not man that He should lie. But He does it to prepare the generation, the second generation, the generation Z, generation millennials, whoever, He prepares them to inherit the promised land. Why? Because the first generation, although God delivered them from Egypt with a mighty hand, He brought them out of the land of bondage. He delivered them after 430 years of slavery, generational slavery. It does 10 miracles in the wilderness in a period of seven months, water out of the rock. The pillar of fire is there. The pillar of cloud is there. They wake up in the morning. There's God. God speaks. The mountain thunders. The mountain quakes. And then the time comes for them to possess the promised land. God says, go see the land. He doesn't talk about the giants. He says, go see the land. Whether the people are weak or strong, the cities are fortified or not, the land is rich or poor, uh, be of good courage. Courage is what? The inherent ability to control fear and the disturbing effects of fear. Courage, the inherent ability that is developed by spending time in the Word of God. It is that attitude of fortitude that is developed by spending time in the Word of God, where you choose life according to the Bible, no matter what you face. So God instructs them, be of good courage, and they come back. Now listen, they come back, the Bible says, with an evil report, which was an unbelieving report. They say, oh, it's a good land. It's a land of milk and honey, but there we go. We know what God says, but pastor, you don't understand my situation. I hear what you say, but. Listen, your butt will always land you on your butt. Your butt will always stop the blessing and the promises of God. You have to get rid of your butt. There should be no butt. The only butt in your life should be um, but God. That's it. There's your butt, okay? No other butt in your life but God. But God said, I hear what the doctor said, but God, I see what my finances say, but God said, my God shall supply all my need according to His riches and glory. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or received begging bread. Come on. But God said, but God said, but God said. You cannot have God give you a promise and then you but God. You can't but God. You're not the goat. You yes God. You amen God. You according to thy word, Mary, according to thy word, let it be unto me, God. It is a choice you make, which is called walking by faith, which we have to do every day of our lives or we'll be overwhelmed, overcome by adversity and circumstances. Now listen, those 10 spies come back. Two of them says, we are well able, let us go, but once we possess the land. They all saw the same thing, but they were impacted differently because two of them went and they believed what God actually said and the Word became their treasure. The other 10 came back and the Bible says, <laughs> it's amazing what negative people do. Uh, that's why Jesus always got rid of unbelieving people. When He raised Jairus' little girl, He got the unbelief out. 
He never sat with people who had little faith. He rebuked people for their lack of faith. He rebuked people with little faith. Um, he would not walk with people that were unbelieving. People that neutralized God and the power of God and the presence of God. Watch a Jesus. He shuts the unbelief out. He tells us to pray and to shut the door. What is he saying? Shut the unbelief out. Shut the circumstances out. When you're at your lowest place, you don't talk about your problems. You talk about the promises of God. You give God the glory. You shut the world out and you pray to God. You pray the promises of God. You pray in faith. You pray believing. You pray reminding God of His promises. Amen. So here comes the evil report. And the evil, listen, the evil report, there's a congregation, three million people waiting for the leader to come back. That's why John Maxwell, what he says, I agree with him. Everything rises and falls on leadership. Hello, Eskom. Everything rises and falls on leadership. Everything rises and falls on leadership. Hello, South Africa. Everything rises and falls on leadership. Hello, municipality. Hello, service delivery. Hello, businessman. Hello, student. Everything rises and falls on leadership. So the 10 leaders come back, they give an evil report, and this is what happens. They make the heart of the people melt. Whose report will you believe? We, Ron Ganoli, we will believe the, re, the report of the Lord. Amen? Tell me, whose report will you believe? We will believe the report of the Lord. Whose report will you believe? We will believe the report of the Lord. Now, I know you can sit there and, and in your, your brain, the 7% capacity that you, that you are using, and some of you use 3% of the 7% that's at your disposal. I'm talking about the empty chairs, you know. Because you're trying to reason everything that I'm saying. Because you're not a man of the Word. You don't know the Word. You have an opinion, and your opinion changes nothing. The Word of God is what changes everything because the Word of God is designed by God. You have to believe the Word of God. You have to read the Word of God. You have to get the, God's view about your world, about your life, about your marriage, about your future. You have, to, you have to get God's report, God's perspective. Not your perspective, God's perspective. So a whole generation perishes because they do not choose the Word of God. So the whole book of Deuteronomy God repeats Himself and He tells them again and again, remember why they perished. And He repeats Himself again. I'm going to take you in a good land. I'm going to take you to a place. I'm going to give you houses that you did not build, lands that you did not plant. God reminds them again and again and again and again. The book of Deuteronomy is brilliant because Leviticus is a tough one to read. Thank God we're not there anymore because it's laws upon laws upon laws upon laws. Listen, I was in Botswana. I read the book of Leviticus and I thought, I started and I thought, no, I'm not going to read this. But then I read it in any case. I tell you what, halfway through, I was thanking God. I was having my party in Botswana around a campfire, thinking, thank you, Jesus. I don't have to do this, and I don't have to do this, and I don't have to do this. All those laws, all those rituals, all those things have been replaced by the offering and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And from Leviticus, I read Hebrews, and I thank God for the blood. I thank God for salvation. I thank God that I'm accepted because of what Jesus did for me. Not condemned, not judged. Jesus paid the price. Hallelujah. Come on. Say amen. That's good news tonight. He paid the price for your redemption, for your forgiveness, for your salvation. That's good news. Hallelujah. So, so they perished. Hebrews 4 verse 2 says, because the, it says the word they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith. Hebrews 3 verse 19, the Bible says, so we see they perished because of unbelief. Choice. Yeah, God comes in Deuteronomy. That's after the failure of a generation 
because of generational slavery, because that's what slavery does, captivity does. It produces a slave mindset. I mean, South Africa, apartheid was, was demonic, was evil. But some people are still going to blame apartheid 30 years from now. Because, because you, you, you're just a generational. Should I say it? Mm, 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 mm. I'm going to get flagged for this one, but I won't say it. I get enough in any case. Not that it doesn't matter. Got a great defense system that blocks and deletes you before I read anything. So, you blame because somebody else blamed because somebody else blamed because somebody else blamed. And these people, and slavery dehumanizes people. Uh, it's the worst thing that can happen to people. But I want to tell you, when, when I, the message I shared this morning is um, Israel that was in captivity in Babylon, Babylon, they were taken as slaves. And they prospered as slaves, refusing to bow to the system that Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon had set up. God prospered them because they stood for God. You don't allow what happened and you don't allow what is happening to determine your choices in life. You choose life. You choose the Word because your freedom lies in the Word. Listen, listen, listen. Your freedom lies in the Word. You get rid of all the reasons in your mind that tells you why you can't, why you're not able, and you find the reasons in the Bible why you can, why you are able, why you are the head, why you can be the top dog, why you will get up out of the ashes. You find the reasons, you write them against your wall, you put a picture about your future on the wall, you stop looking at the past and you stop looking and listening to the songs of yesterday and you begin to talk about your future and your tomorrow and you go back to your mama and you say, Mama, things are going to be different. I'm going to buy you a house. I'm going to buy you a car. I'm going to get an education. I'm going to be a blessed man in South Africa and I'm going to break the curse of poverty over my bloodline because Jesus Christ has redeemed me. Oh, come on, from the curse of the law in Jesus' name. I'm not going to be a victim of circumstances, a victim of my yesterday, a victim of apartheid. I'm going to rise out of the ashes in the name of Jesus Christ and I'm going to be a builder and I'm going to employ people and I'm even going to employ people that oppress me in Jesus' name. Come on, say, somebody say, it's time for a new sound. It's time for a new thought. It's time for a new mindset. It's time to believe what God says about you, not what your experiences says about you. The greatest form of captivity is spiritual captivity. It is to be bound by sin. Jesus came to set the captive free, to break the power of sin over your life. You have to make up your mind. I preached this for the last 30 something years and um, remember when we started our ministry back in 1988 in Lady Brand, 
we started a non-racial church, a multiracial church, whatever you want to call it, because no matter what you say, people criticize you. Because some people are professional critics. You sit with people, you say, we have a non-racial church, then it's like, don't you recognize racists? You say, we have a multiracial church, they say, you recognize racists. Oh my word, please, just fly to heaven sooner than later. Huh? All some people have is an opinion. You're going to put me in a mojo now. It says the word is very near you. In your mouth. Please do this if you would. Point to your mouth. Say in my mouth. My future is in my mouth. Oops. The word is near you in your mouth, in your heart. When you say it, you believe it. When you say it, it becomes a reality. When you say, nobody will ever marry me. Well, how do you know? Why would you say that? Nobody likes me. Really? Because three little friends rejected you that are just little cats. What's the right word? And now you feel worthless because of some people's opinion. I'm not get over yourself go back into the mirror of God's word and say thank you Jesus for taking them out of my life amen thank you Jesus hallelujah I'm a royal priesthood I'm a child of the king I'm heaven bound I'm anointed you can remind yourself what God says you speak what you say goes into your heart And what goes into your heart determines your actions. So you have to change what's coming out of your mouth. That's why I said it this morning. It's not just about praising. It's about the word, the confession, the level of faith. Because you are snared by the words of your mouth. People say, I don't believe it. Clearly you don't believe it. We can see it. Clearly. Because your life is in a mess. Clearly, you don't respect what God says. Clearly, you have no boundaries. Clearly, you're not serious about your life. Because God gave you the Word. The Word is exalted above His name. The Word is the source of your wisdom. The Word is what should be in your mouth. The Word is what should be in your heart. And the Word is what should reflect in your actions. That's why the Bible says, let the weak say, I'm strong. Not when you feel weak, I feel weak. No, let the weak say, I am strong. Speak the word of the Lord because the word of God empowers you and you sow seed to your heart and your heart will produce the harvest of what you truly believe. So you, you know, people misunderstand the confession thing. They think confession is parrot fashion, just saying something, saying something, saying something. No. My uncle was a very wealthy man. 
very, and he always said, I have no money, but he didn't believe it. So people say a lot of things, they, they, they confess the word, but they don't believe the word. So what confession does, it brings your mind to a place of actually believing what God's word says. Confession doesn't move God, confession moves your heart to a place of belief. But you can confess the word a hundred times and in a moment of anger, frustration, discouragement, you say, it's not working. That's it. That's what you truly believe. It came out. That's why you have to be careful what you say. The Bible says, he that opens wide his mouth shall have destruction. You need to be careful, especially in times of pressure. It says, be angry and so not. Sometimes the best thing you can do is, is, is bite your lip. Amen. Except if you're one of those snakes that asked the other snakes, are we poisonous? And he said, why are you asking? He says, because I bit my lip, right? Sometimes the best thing you can do is bite your lip. And, 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 and in, in, in English, it's shut up. If you can't say anything in line with God's word, say nothing. You better hear this because we live by faith, we walk by faith, we please God by faith, we overcome by faith. It's not a faith doctrine, it's the way God designed you to live. And that means you build your life upon God's word, not carelessly. Not every now and again when you're in trouble, you want to use the word to get yourself out of trouble. You have to build your house, Matthew 7, upon the word of God. That's how you choose life. This is what God's saying to His people. You never chose my word before. And when you opened your mouth, it was evident. What came out was unbelief, was doubt, was fear. We're not able. And that caused the people's hearts to melt. Because when you open your mouth, you either bring courage to your heart or you bring weakness. That's why God says to Joshua three times in Joshua chapter 1, be strong, be very courageous. Chapter 6, chapter 7, uh, verse 6, verse 7. Then he says, verse 8, but this book of the law, his word shall not depart out of your mouth, but you will meditate there in day and night. Meditation means to, to ponder upon, to think upon. You um, herko, 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 obrang, obrang, obrang. Till that word becomes a reality. You will meditate in a day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then I'll say it again, you make your way prosperous and you have good success. So even if all the odds are against you, God's given you choice to choose life. And life is His Word. Life is the person of Jesus Christ, which gets you to heaven. But the principles of Jesus Christ, which is the Word, empowers you to live a life victoriously as you journey through life. So you have to choose God's Word. That means you need knowledge of God's Word because knowledge of the Word is power with God. My people are destroyed for what? Lack of knowledge, not lack of anointing, lack of knowledge. So you ask people, what do you believe? I don't know, Pastor. What does the Bible say about that? I don't know. Listen, there's no excuse for ignorance. You're a Christian. You need to find revelation, information, spend time in the Word of God because you build your house upon God's Word. If you treat God's Word as some inferior um, instrument in your life, that's what you're going to live. That's why anybody else's Word will influence you. I mean, your heart is sincere. You want to serve God. 
But if somebody pulls you in a direction, you go. Why? Because your mind is weak. Because you've not built an attitude of fortitude. You've not renewed your mind. You've not reconstructed your thinking patterns, which takes tremendous time and effort. The word in your mouth, in your heart, and then you do the word of God. There's no other way to live this life. You want to build a great future, young people. Respect God's word more than anything else. Because the Lord spoke to me many years ago about this uh, revival that's, well, we see many things happening, but it's going to be rooted in the Word of God. Not a word, a word of judgment, but a Word of God's love. You have to understand what the Bible says. Because Satan will twist the Word of God and Satan will try and get you out of faith, sway you out of a walk of faith. So you have to be steadfast and your heart has to be steady in the Word of God. And listen, you have to stop talking about your problems no matter how real they are. You have to stop talking about your past because every time you do, you bring your past into your present. You have to speak the promises of God. Say amen in Jesus' name. Listen. So God says, see, I've said before you life and good, death and evil. And that I command you to love the Lord your God. I'll be finished now in a few hours. To walk in His ways and to keep His commandments, His word, His statutes, His judgments, that you may live and multiply as you choose the word. And the Lord your God will bless you as you choose the word. Life in the land, South Africa, Botswana, wherever you are tonight, where God planted you. You don't have to climb on a plane and fly to America to get blessed or get a job. You get a job right here because your faith is a greater uh, uh, force. You can create a job. Say amen, man. You can create a job. Your faith is creative. You don't just run anywhere. The path of least resistance is seldom the right path in any case. You go against the storm. You overcome the tribulation and the trial. You face the giant. By the grace of God, you walk through the valley. You don't run out of the valley because your destiny is on the other side. You don't turn around and walk out because you're going to go to America and there's going to be another valley waiting for you. Same valley. But this time it will be more difficult to conquer. Same demons. You don't fly away and suddenly there's a better life waiting for you because when you get there, you are waiting for you. Whoops. It says, but if your heart turns away, Jesus said, come now. He's no here. He says, but if your heart turns away so that you do not hear or are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them. Now, another God is anything that places God in your life. It's not you build a little Dagon and you bow before that foolishness. And hopefully you don't go to all the other stupid stuff and still run to the Sangoma and run everywhere else for prayer and for answers. Then um, you have to make up your mind. If the Lord is God, then follow Him. If not, stop doing the Christian thing. Go pray to your Sangoma. And when you've given all your money there and you see it's not working, you stop that foolishness and you come to Christ and you serve Him, okay? So He says, I call heaven and earth as a witness today against you. Because the previous generation blamed God. Now God says, no, 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 no. 45 years in the wilderness, a whole generation had to perish that were controlled with a slave mindset. Now let's set the record straight. I delivered you 
I want you in the promised land, but you have to play your part. So let's make this deal. You stand before heaven and earth as witnesses that I, God, have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. He doesn't stop there. He even gives them the answer. He says, choose life. Right? Wouldn't that be nice when you go for your, well, you all have licenses, but um, your car license and you fill in the monkey puzzle or whatever you do now. Why do they call it a monkey puzzle? I don't know. Or have they changed that? Is it still a monkey puzzle? Whoops. Mm. Gonna have to revisit that. And <laughs> they tell you, this is the right answer. This is the right answer. Now, I know that you are crooked and you are crooked. I have also done it in school. But it has been longer for my crooked as to make as to work to learn. <laughs> okay, I was ungreed. Not as you have ungreed, you have learned to make crooked as to make. But again, I say, I put this before you. He says, choose life. Now, how do we choose life? We just read it. We choose the word. We choose the word. We choose the word. And the first choice we make is we choose the living word. We choose Christ. We choose Jesus Christ. In this world of chaos, in this world where there are so many voices, voices that bring confusion to humanity, somewhere you as a human being know that there's a void on the inside. You say, how do you know? Because I was there. I know what it is to have people around you and to be lost on the inside. And there are people sitting here tonight, you are lost on the inside. You are lost. You've lost the way. You've lost the plan of God in your life because you've lost your focus on the Word, Jesus Christ, and you've lost your focus on the Word of God and you are just going through life up and down like a big dipper, a yo-yo, um, tossed to and fro by everything. Listen, listen. David says, my heart is steadfast. He says, my heart will not be afraid when evil tidings come because my heart is steadfast because he was anchored in the Word of God. The only anchor that we have is the person of Jesus Christ. Then he anchors us to his word and his promises. Tonight you're sitting in this place as a young person. I know the things people face. I'm in touch with reality. I talk to people outside of the church all the time. People going through life. People that are lost. People that are broken. Because that's what happens in life, right? But Jesus came to heal you and to touch you. He knows you like nobody else knows you. He came and he died on that cross. What we are celebrating this week was... I mean, he, he suffered, the Bible says, he was marred beyond recognition. He was beaten. He was, it's not this little picture that you see of Jesus on the cross. You could not, the Bible says, you could not even recognize that he was a human being. All the flesh was ripped off of his body. Ripped. Beaten. Beard plucked out. Spat upon. Despised for you and for me. He faced the greatest battle. And it was because he loves you and me. So that you can find life and hope and peace. There's no other way. There's no connection between you and God. I don't know where we turn to when storms of life come because they come to all of us. It's like somebody says, 
Since I got my life to Jesus, all the hell broke loose. Man, hell was hitting your way in any case. And you were going through hell in any case. The difference is now you have a savior. You have a deliverer that's helping you while you are going through your battles, etc. It's not like suddenly you've become a target. Every human being is a target because every human being carries the image of God. Satan hates humanity. He hates all human beings. But Jesus loves humanity. He shed his his blood for all human beings. He died on that cross for your sin. He died on that cross to reconcile you back to God. And He never dealt with you according to your sin. He hung on that cross and He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And still that's the prayer of Jesus Christ. Forgive them. No matter how messed up you are, no matter what you have done, I'll tell you tonight, He loves you. And until you don't meet Him as your Lord and Savior, and until you don't accept Him for who He is, your life is always going to be in turmoil and a mess. When we talk about peace, we do not talk about peace that you buy in a bottle of tranquilizers. We talk about peace with God. That means a heart that is settled with God. Your heart can never come to rest until you meet Jesus Christ. Because there's that nagging sensation on the inside. I'm looking for something. So you think another wife, like the woman at the well of Samaria who had five. Maybe she poisoned four, I don't know. But she had five husbands in a very short space of time, okay? And then she was living with another one, testing him out. Number six, never good, okay? So, um, but Jesus has a conversation. He doesn't judge her. He doesn't condemn her. He doesn't point out her sin. He loves her. And He says what you're looking for It's the gift of God. It's me. And she experiences love like she never has. And that's who He is. He's a Savior. And every human being needs saving, needs forgiveness, needs to experience and encounter the love of God because that will change. I want every head bowed, every eye closed, please. Here in this place, Pretoria, there in Johannesburg, in Blufthard, in Cape Town, in Ports of Struam, in Namibia, wherever you are tonight, you're not in any of these meetings by accident. God's talking to you. And he asked the question, if you die tonight, would you go to heaven? Can you say tonight your life's right with God? Maybe like the prodigal, you serve God, but you've wandered away from your father's house. Tonight God says to you, I put before you life and death, blessing and cursing. You choose life. Life is the person of Jesus Christ. You choose Him. No matter if your boyfriend doesn't like it. You choose Jesus. You follow Him. You surrender your life to Him. Is God talking to you tonight? Are you saying, Pastor, I need a new beginning with God. My mother raised me in the ways of God, but I've lost myself. But tonight God's talking to me. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed, people praying in all our churches. They're in Bloomfontein, Johannesburg, right here in Pretoria tonight, you say. I want to get right with God. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to surrender all to Jesus Christ. If that's the cry of your heart, quietly, wherever you are, just raise your hand. I want to say a prayer for you quickly. Raise your hand up high all over this place. Just lift it, lift it, lift it. Slip it up tonight. Say yes. Include me in that prayer. God bless you, bless you, bless you. Just raise it up. Raise it up. Say yes. Raise it up. Thank you. All those hands. God bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Raise it up. Forget your friend. Forget the people around you. Slip your hand up. Come on, God's reaching down to you. Reach back up to God. That's your act of faith. Will you say tonight, yes, Lord, I'm ready. I'm giving myself back to you. Because I'll tell you something, my friend, young friend, sin will wear you out. The wages of sin is dead. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. We've all sinned, fallen short of the glory of God. But God demonstrated His love while we were sinners. He died for us. 
Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Last time I'll for a bit for now, I'll in your heart. God praat met you. You understand that iemand diep in your heart gebeur het, hy klop in die deur van your heart van aan. This is your time to worship. It's your time to surrender. Last time, if you've raised your hand, you can put down. If you've not yet raised your hand, slip your hand up quickly. All over this place, raise it up quick. Slip it up. Say yes. Include me in that prayer. God bless you. Bless you. Bless you. We have to be so intentional to reach people. It's amazing to see so many thousands of people here on holiday. All the young people filling up the balcony and things like this. Absolutely amazing. It means God's doing something. God's up to something. Right. This is way beyond our church individuals. It's God wanting to reach this generation because I do believe this with all my heart that this generation that's been so targeted will be the greatest generation if they will turn to God. I really do believe it. I said if, if, if they turn to God and they need people to show them the way, they have to turn to God. They don't need uh, uh, religious, impressive nonsense. They need reality. To understand at a young age that life is real. And I mean, some, you know, I was 18 years old when I got saved and I was all sinned up. I didn't sin a little bit, I sinned, I was messed up. 18 years old, I had sinned enough for three lifetimes. I wasn't an occasional sinner, I was totally a sinner. And young people today, many of them no different, sinned up. I meet some people, it's like 30 years later. It's like their lives have fallen apart because they just never allowed God to take His place in their lives. You matter to God. Your family matters. Your world matters to God. That's why we cannot do this Christian thing half-hearted and in a wrong way. We have to do this full on and enjoy the journey. Ecclesiastes is very clear. But young people, please hear me today. This that I said today, please begin to read your Bible. Read your Bible. New Testament. Laws your Old Testament. Laws your book from Leviticus. Go read Little John and Big John. Start there. Amen. Go read the Bible. Just read the Bible and you'll find God talking to you. Read Him. You say, how, how do I have a relationship with Jesus? Well, like the first time you date a girl, you're clumsy. Can you remember that? What did you do? You said, hi. And she said, why the heck did it take you so long to say hi? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, bye. <laughs> no, okay. But it's with God. Hello, God. Hello. <laughs> Talk to him. Baby steps. And you'll read the Bible and the Holy Spirit's going to be there. And He's going to help you pray. And those scriptures is going to jump out to you. I beg you. I plead with you for your sake. Read the Bible. Don't read it on a, on a, on a, on a, um, um, one of these um, devices. 
They're distractive. I tell people, I said to them in Janice's book, I want to encourage people not to read the Bible on their cell phones because up comes an email, up comes a WhatsApp, and you sit in church and suddenly you start having a conversation with the wrong person. Well, you should be listening to God. Huh? Get the Bible. Read the Bible. When I go spend time with God, no stupid um, iPhone, no technology goes with me into the presence of God. Zero. Nothing. I refuse to be distracted by any human being when I spend time with God. As a matter of fact, when I go and eat with people in the restaurant, I don't take my cell phone with me because I think it's the rudest thing in the world to sit on a cell phone while you're sitting with other human beings around the table. Oops, don't tell me, this is our generation. You, there's a time and a place for everything, right? Get a notebook. It's not old-fashioned. When you come to the church, get a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, I'll buy you a Bible. I'll give you a Bible. Get a marker. And when you read your Bible, you highlight what you feel God is saying to you. You highlight it. And when you read the Bible, you will, through that day, you will see those words that you read will be speaking to you all day. That's how God talks to you. And the more you read, the more you change. I beg you, this generation, called to change this world, you need to spend time in the Word of the Lord, not religiously, but just read the Bible. Sit in an airplane, read the Bible. Sit, uh, before you go sleep, last thing you should do is read the Bible. First thing you should do in the morning is read the Bible, right? And then prayer doesn't have to be this heavy, um, You have to do it. You can just say, Father. And please, not the man upstairs and all this disrespectful jargon. My kids don't talk about me like that. Um, I'm not heavy-handed with my kids. Never raised them that way. But they grew up respecting me as their dad. You can say, Abba, Father. You can say, God, love him. Because he first loved you. If you don't know what to say, just say, thank you, Jesus. Say it. I love you, Jesus. Talk to Him. Develop that relationship. And the more you develop that relationship, the, the less anything in this world will be able to get a hold of you because you'll be in communion with the Father and the world will lose its power over your life. It's the journey of growth. Spend time in the Word. Read the Bible. A time and a place. Read the Bible. Spend time in the Word of God. Listen to Christian music. I, I seldom listen to anything else, if ever. Listen to Christian music. Amen. Eyes, ears, mouth. Touch, feelings. Protect. The Bible says, guard your heart more than anything. For out of your heart flow the issues of life. That literally means the boundaries, the extent of your life flows out of your heart. You have to guard it, protect it, preserve it more than anything else in your life. In Jesus' name. Put your hand on your heart. Pray with me this evening, all of you. And know that God loves you. And when God looks upon you tonight, it's with great affection, great love for each and every one of you. Say this tonight. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me just as I am. 
you love me so much that you went to the cross and you died for all my sin. I believe this. I believe you descended into hell and I believe God raised you from hell for my sake. I believe you're alive and today I turn to you and I open my heart and I invite you, Jesus Christ, to take your rightful place in my life as my Lord and as my Savior. Please forgive my sin. Wash me in your blood. Thank you for a new beginning, for a new life that my past is forgiven and my future is in your hands. I surrender all to you and I thank you for a new beginning in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. And with the angels in heaven, we rejoice. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.